Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Hey there, this is Andy. Before today's show, I have a quick question for you. Are you currently using Google paid ads to grow your e-commerce business? You know, those Google shopping ads, those Google search ads, even Google remarketing ads. Well, if you are, then you will be interested to know about an all new recently released training video detailing the number one way to grow your e-commerce business using Google ads. What's this number one way you ask? Well, You'll have to check it out, but I can tell you the strategy works and the video is absolutely free for my listeners. Type in www.makeeachclickcount.com forward slash video and check out the 15 minute video that I filmed that details the number one way I've found to grow my private clients' e-commerce businesses using paid Google ads. Again, the URL is www dot make each click count.com forward slash video and it's absolutely free to watch now on to today's show welcome to the make each click count podcast this is your host andy spleichel and today we are happy to welcome our next guest to discuss the subject of automation within your e-commerce business he is a certified infusionsoft consultant and an expert in marketing strategies and system we are happy to welcome Scott Hartley. Hi, Scott. Hey, Andy. Thanks for allowing me to be here today. Well, thanks for joining us. Now, before we dive into today's topic, which is adding automations within your e-commerce business, let's first hear your backstory and what ultimately led you to doing what you are doing now. Sure. So like, like most serial entrepreneurs, my uh, journey to founding Master Plan for Success and coming alongside small business owners um, really has been quite the scenic journey. Um, so back in September of 2004, I started my first business, uh, which is Caliber Computer Solutions. And I, I really started that because like all of my friends, all of my family, uh, just people in my community, they kept calling me to fix their computers. They kept asking, you know, a lot of questions. And um, of course, I was obliging them. And so I was like, well, if they're going to keep calling me, I might as well start a business and make money at it. Right. <laughs> there and you so, go. Uh, uh, so I, I had Caliber Computer Solutions, but you know, in those early days, I, I really quickly discovered that while I knew how to fix computers, there was a lot I didn't know about business. Uh, you know, I didn't know, of course, all of the financial stuff that was required, and of course, you've got the taxes, and then of course, how do you actually profitably and consistently grow your business? And so that's where I really fell in love with the study of marketing. So I was buying books, I was, you know, enrolling in programs and everything. And so I really became a, a serious student of all things marketing. And so over the course of the, the months and the years that followed that, I, I started to apply what I was learning. 
And of course, you know, like everybody, we always make some mistakes. And so you have to learn from those missteps. But I rapidly grew Caliber into a multi-six-figure-a-year six business. And that's from servicing mostly residential clients in a small rural community. And so um, that was a lot of fun for me. But frankly, over the years, um, you know, technology just changes so rapidly. And I eventually grew tired of fixing computer problems and more of that because not necessarily because of end user error, but most of it was problems caused by Microsoft, you know, an update that they released that's faulty. And, you know, it just kind of created all kinds of havoc. And I really kind of got tired of, of that. So because I was in such love with, with all things marketing, in late 2017, I really decided to go in, all in on Master Plan for Success. Now, I had founded the company several years earlier, but never really did anything with it. And so I decided to go all in helping small business owners implement marketing strategies and systems to attract their ideal clients. And that's kind of where I've been uh, over the course of the past uh, three and a half, four years. Okay. And automations, what, what are you... What, how, how do you define automations? What are, what are the marketing strategies and systems you're, you're helping put in place? Yeah, so great question. You know, a lot of things can come to mind when somebody, you know, hears the word automations, but I typically frame it as a question. So how can I use technology to do one or more of three things? One, how can I use technology to perform repetitive tasks? How can I use technology to reduce my workload? Or how can I use technology to improve efficiencies without sacrificing the customer experience? So that's how I look at automation. How can I use technology to perform repetitive tasks, reduce workload, and improve efficiencies without sacrificing the customer experience? And that last phrase is the key without sacrificing customer experience. Not all automations are a net positive to our business. There are some automations that we can implement that create an unwow, or it creates an impersonal aspect when it comes to dealing with or communicating with our prospect or our customers. And those can have a negative effect. So, um, so that's how I look at, at automations and, and really determine, you know, is this something worth actually implementing? Okay. Now, going from your computer company to working with e-commerce companies in a role of consulting, how did you learn about the different e-commerce platforms and what was available in, in the different platforms? Sure. So, um, you know, my initial introduction to e-commerce consulting really came uh, when I became an implementation coach for Infusionsoft. Um, it's a company and software. They now go by the name of Keep. Um, but their flagship software, which was known as Infusionsoft, it's now called Keep Max Classic, um, includes an e-commerce module. And so many of my initial clients, uh, as I was doing this implementation coaching, uh, were utilizing the e-commerce module of uh, Keep Max, Max Classic. Now, as I've you know, expanded my business and expanded my clientele over the past several years, I've become familiar with several other e-commerce platforms. There's dozens of them that are out there, um, but the ones that I've 
mostly become familiar with or worked in, um, in addition to Keep, has been WooCommerce, especially those that are using a WordPress platform um, and the Shopify platform. Okay. And do you have a preferred e-commerce platform? Have you seen one that you feel really works better than the other for different companies? Not really. I tend to be platform agnostic as much as possible. Um, you know, obviously, I've got more experience in certain platforms than others just because of the number of clients that I have using a, a particular platform. But I really try to be platform agnostic because it, it boils down to what are the client's needs. Um, all of the different platforms, you know, whether it's WooCommerce, Shopify, KeepMax Classic, and I think, you know, even Squarespace has an e-commerce module, you know, to it as well. They all have their strengths and weaknesses. I don't really think that there's any one platform out there that truly does it all. Um, so it really kind of depends on what the client's needs are as to what I would then recommend and, and then start working with them on. Now, speaking of, of clients' needs, what what are some important automations that you believe every business should have in place and and how can adding those automations allow a company to grow? That's a really good question, Andy. Um, honestly, I could spend an entire day on just this topic alone. Um, there's so much that businesses really can automate. Um, now, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that it should be automated. Because if it creates an unwow or negative customer experience, that's not something that you want to implement. But there's a lot of things that you really should have automated to kind of meet the three criteria that I mentioned earlier. And so I would narrow it down to at least four marketing automations or what I also would call campaigns that every e-commerce business should have in place. And the reason for this is that... Um, and especially when we're talking mainly about websites, for sure, uh, in a lot of these automations, you know, a statistic that I recently came across is that really, on average, only one in 51 e-commerce website visitors actually buys something. So the, the four automations that are really important help fix this problem of only one in 51. It increases your opportunity for getting people to buy from you. So the first one would be a lead generation campaign. So without leads, businesses really can't grow. And so this lead generation campaign, it allows you to offer prospects something of value in exchange for their contact information. This is a great way to get leads coming in the door. Again, most people, when they go to a website, their intention initially is not to buy something. Uh -huh. They're usually looking for information. They're looking for reviews. They're checking you out. And so by offering a lead generator, and this could be something as simple as a, a checklist or a guide. Um, it can be a video series. The, another popular lead magnet today is a quiz, an interactive quiz. People love taking quizzes and getting results that are kind of tailored to them. So, so you, you had mentioned about a, what, a 2% conversion rate on purchases. What, what kind of conversion rate do you see on these lead magnets? Yeah, when you actually implement a lead magnet, um, this can actually generate anywhere from, you know, five to I've seen 15% uh, of people that will opt in for a lead, you know, lead magnet that gives you an opportunity now to then, uh, you know, have continued follow-up 
with them. So, you know, going from that 2% conversion rate, and again, remember, most of the people are looking for information if you give them a way to get that information so that you can also capture their information, that follow-up is really key. Okay, so that's the uh, number one automation is adding some sort of automated lead magnet. What, what were the other ones that you recommended? Yeah, so the, the second one would be a sales campaign. Now, this one really goes hand in hand with your lead generation campaign. Now, there are multiple sales campaigns that you can have, but the, the initial one is going to be the sales campaign that's tied to your lead generator. So once you deliver that lead magnet, for example, then you want to have a series of three to five additional follow-ups that ask for the sale, you know, that invite them to do business with you. Um, and that really creates higher conversion. So taking that 2% to even 5% um, you know, can make a, a drastic difference in your business. Now, another sales campaign that you can periodically implement would be a, a cross-sell campaign or an upsell campaign. So you're going to periodically invite your current customers to buy something else from you. It can be a complementary product to something that they've already purchased. Um, it could be a completely different product or service that they've already bought. But you want to consistently do these sales campaigns, typically, you know, every quarter at minimum, maybe even more frequently, maybe every couple of months. But the second campaign I re definitely recommend is the sales campaign where you're going out and boldly asking for the sale. And the marketing vehicle that you're doing this is, is email, correct? Most of it would be email. And I'm going to touch on that in, in one of the other campaigns that, you know, you could include some other, um, you know, methods as well uh, for outreach. Um, the, so another statistic that I kind of came across too, which is really interesting in the e-commerce world, I didn't realize that it was this bad, but 69.57% of shopping carts are abandoned. So those, the one out of 51 that really are coming to your website to buy, you know, 69% of people are putting something in a shopping cart and then they're leaving. And so another sales campaign uh, as well would be an abandoned cart recovery automation. Um, and you'd be surprised at the number of e-commerce businesses that don't have this in place. Um, but basically this, is just a series of emails saying, hey, you forgot something. Would you like to, you know, finish your checkout um, over the course of, you know, hours and days after they visited your site and, and put something in their cart? And I forget what the statistic was that I saw, but um, that if you have an abandoned cart sales campaign, um, that can actually result, I think it was in about 49% of people actually coming back and completing their purchase. So that, that makes a difference. Was, was that percentage, is that using a coupon in that abandoned shopping cart campaign or just, just following up even without a coupon with that person? This was, uh, as far as I know, it was just following up without a coupon. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And so that was, that was number two or was that number three? I lost. That was, that was number two. That was another <laughs> All right. of the sales campaign. Yeah. The sales campaign is kind of the big one because there's so many variations of that. Sure. But the, the third one, and this is one that really makes a big difference in every business, whether it's e-commerce or not. The key to having more sales long-term is long-term nurture. 
you need to have a long-term nurture campaign or nurture automation. Now, most of the time, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, Andy, a lot of this is going to be done by email. You know, you may send out a weekly email, but a nurture campaign for sure can include other things such as direct mail. So sending something, a postcard or a letter uh, by the U.S. Post Office, um, sending out monthly newsletters, print newsletters. I know that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to spend that money on, uh, you know, something that's in print and I don't know if it's going to get read. Print newsletters actually do get read and they get passed around. So it's another great asset to have in your nurture campaign. And then, of course, you can use periodic phone calls. Um, you know, there's nothing like actually picking up the phone and talking to somebody today because that's going to really set you apart because nobody else is doing it. Uh, but that's a great way to nurture your prospects, create that know, like, and trust factor by providing massive value. And when people know, like, and trust you, and you're continuously top of mind, when they're ready to buy, they're going to be more inclined to buy from you. So it's important to have this nurture campaign and really touching people at least once a week so that you can stay top of mind and really provide the massive value. Now, here's the one thing to keep in mind on the nurture campaign. Do not frequently ask people to buy. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why, why is that? Yeah, the nurture campaign is not a sales campaign. The nurture campaign is to deliver massive value. You want to stand apart from everybody else who's sending emails and postcards to clients because they're always asking for the sale. Buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Mm -hmm. If you show up and be like, hey, I just want to provide value today. I want to make your day brighter. Hey, here's a good story I want to share with you. Here's a testimonial from a client. Here's Here's a quick tip. Here's a funny joke. Whatever that it is, something that's going to brighten their day and build that no like, and trust factor. Then when you do put them through the sales campaign, again, typically once every quarter or so, now they're going to be more inclined to buy from you because there's that element of reciprocity. That's you know, interesting. So even an e-commerce company, let's say a company selling t-shirts, you would recommend doing a nurture campaign where you're sending some sort of communication once a week and then Absolutely. only do a sales campaign once a quarter? Yeah, I mean, you could do a sales campaign a little bit more frequently if you wanted to do it. I mean, you could offer a, um, you know, a special of the month uh, if you wanted to. Um, if you're focusing, you know, if your business, you know, can focus around holidays, you can do things around holidays, even some of the funny made up holidays and such. But um you really need to provide more value than you do asking for the sale. And typically my rule of thumb is that you want to have about a three to one, four to one ratio so that, you know, they're getting three times as much or four times as much value from you as opposed to asking for a sale. Hmm, that's interesting. That's not what most e-commerce companies are doing for sure. Right. So you definitely would stand out, I would imagine, with that. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, it, your, your value, you know, doesn't, I mean, if you've got a t-shirt company, I mean, you can use testimonials, um, you know, of, of how people have used t-shirts in their organizations or their businesses or whatever they're buying t-shirts for, um, you know, 
just kind of like the omnipresence that it kind of creates for a company. Um, it's a subtle way. I mean, you're kind of, you know, you're not asking for the sale. You're not saying, hey, buy my t-shirts, but you could, you know, you're telling how other people are using them. And so you're kind of planning ideas um, of what they could be doing with your product or service. Okay. So nurturing campaign, very interesting. That's number three. What's, what's number four? Yeah, the last one that I'll mention here, like I said, I could go all day on this, but the last one um, that I see very, very few businesses implement at all is a referral campaign. Word of mouth is a great way to grow your business, but frankly, most people are not going to refer you unless you ask them to, right? I mean, yeah, they may, you know, inadvertently talk to somebody about your business and say, hey, you should go buy this from so-and-so. But most people are not going to consciously think of that. So if you can create referral campaigns that are ongoing, and maybe it's, you know, you're running a contest. And of course, you can automate, you know, referral campaigns like crazy. Um, but periodically, you can create contests and encourage your customers to invite their friends, their family members, their coworkers to send new people your way. Um, you know, it could just be a simple ask campaign. It's like, hey, we're looking to, you know, to serve more people this month. Who do you know that could benefit from our product or service? Here's a coupon for you and your friend. You know, another way that you can uh, implement something, you know, referral based. So this is one that I see most people never implement because they just don't think of it, but it can really boost your business and it doesn't really cost you anything to do. That's a, yeah, no, those are, those are all great, but I really like that referral idea. Now, are you able and willing, if you are, to share a story of how you've helped a recent company automate a piece of their business and, and what kind of results they saw? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, obviously we've helped several different uh, clients implement various types of automation, um, you know, using Keep predominantly because that's kind of the platform that I typically work in. But uh, I had a new client that I actually worked with last week and, and she had reached out to me about setting up a system where prospects could request a free report from her by text message. Now, obviously, we all know that people can go to a website and you can have a button or a form on your website and they can request a free report. She's actually wanting to set it up to where people can text a phone number and receive the report in their email. Now, she was already using Keep as her CRM and her email marketing platform. So I got her set up with a, a software that directly integrates with Keep. And so we built out a really short automated messaging conversation where a prospect will text a keyword to her 10 digit phone number. It asks them for their name, asks them for their email address. And once the person answers the questions, it automatically creates their contact record in her CRM, adds them to the free report campaign that she's built out, and then it delivers the free report to their email. And so then I also helped her set up, you know, that sales campaign. So she's got multiple emails going out after she's delivered the free report. Um, but that's one example of, you know, a client that we worked with. Another one that we worked with last week as well is they wanted the same type of automation. So his clients, he's a financial advisor, but he wanted several of his clients to be able to text him to register for a free webinar that he's putting on this week. So, um, you know, something that a lot of people don't think about, but, you know, a, a texting automation uh, could be a, a good asset or an add-on to what you're already doing. 
Sure. You know, keep keep is so hard for me to say instead of Infusionsoft. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, do you work just exclusively with Infusionsoft? So if somebody comes to you and is using another email provider or something like that, are you able to, do they need to open an Infusionsoft account? Or no, like I said earlier, you know, I really try to be platform agnostic. Now, obviously, my skill set is going to be more adept at, uh, at using Infusionsoft or Keep. Um, but, you know, I've worked with clients who have active campaign, uh, which is kind of a competitor to Keep. Um, I've worked with clients who don't need all of the power and functionality of Keep. And they need something as simple as maybe a constant contact um, or even a free MailChimp account. Um, and so we can help build some automations, you know, with the limited functionality those softwares have, um, but it's more than enough for what they particularly need. Now, let me ask, what, what are some mistakes that you might commonly see when a company attempts to automate some of their business and, and how can they avoid those mistakes? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of times businesses will want to automate as much as they can, but not really give any thought to the customer experience. And so they end up automating something, but it really kind of creates an unwow for the customer. So that's one mistake. And really another big mistake that I see is that they have this idea to automate something but they don't thoroughly think through what it is that they want to accomplish. And then everything that can happen from the beginning to the end of the prospect or customer journey. Now, as business owners, we have this mindset, okay, we want people to go from point A to point B. And we automatically assume everybody's going to take a straight path to get from point A to point B. But in reality, that seldom happens. And so when you're building out automations, you really have to stop and think and consider all of the variables, all of the possible ex exceptions that can occur in that journey so that you can incorporate those into the design. Because if you don't, you're going to have leads or customers falling through some cracks. And then, of course, that sacrifices the customer experience. So thinking through every possible scenario that could happen on a customer's journey through that automation is critically important, but I see a lot of people not think about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. Now, what would you say, or you'd be willing to share the biggest success story of a company that you've worked with and, and what kind of results they've seen from implementing one of your automations strategies? It's a good question. Um, you know, really all of our clients have experienced some sort of success um, in implementing some sort of automation in their business, even if it's, you know, internal type of things. Um, you know, one of the, the, the customers that we've worked with um, is a, a used golf mat company. Um, I mean, frankly, you probably wouldn't imagine that, you know, that there's a need for that, but this company sources used golf mats and they've got buyers all over the world that, that purchase from them. And so they came to us late last year and they were really wanting to figure out a way to improve their website and uh, increase their sales. And so my business partner and I, we worked together with them. We got
got them set up on Shopify uh, for their e-commerce site. And we also worked with them to improve their brand messaging. And within one week of having their new website live, uh, the owner of the company came back to us and said, whoa, guys, like we have received more sales than ever before because we now have a clear message and we now have automations built in our business, even though they're just kind of basic at this point, um, automations built in our business that are helping us deliver and wow our customers. Um, so that was kind of exciting in, in such a short time frame to, to see and hear about that experience. Another um, opportunity that I had uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you may remember when Microsoft said, okay, Windows 7, we're done, okay? Everybody's gotta move to Windows 10. Uh, Windows 7, end of life is here. I actually worked with a, a number of IT companies to automate scheduling meetings with their clients about the need to upgrade or buy new equipment so that they could you know, get rid of Windows 7 and be on supported platforms. Nearly every single one of those IT companies that I worked with in implementing that, that campaign filled their calendars for months with such a high level of workload. It was almost overwhelming to some of them um, because they didn't really have, I mean, they were keeping their teams working long hours every day doing these upgrades and these new installs. And of course it generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in new hardware sales and in project labor. Um, but they didn't have to manually call every single one of their clients or their prospects. They could send out letters. They could send out mass emails saying, Hey, here's the situation. We want to help you click this link go ahead and schedule with me and we'll meet with you. That saved them hours and hours of time, but generated massive results for them. Wow. Well, that's really the best case scenario. Now, let, let me ask you something before we wrap up here. What, what's your motivation in working with companies? In other words, what, what gets you out of the bed and going in the morning? You know, it, it's just a joy to work with business owners who really want to grow their business. Uh, the ones who are passionate about what they do, the ones who just absolutely love serving their community, um, and they just want to grow, and they're open to new ideas. Um, you know, I, I've worked with a few people who are kind of more closed-minded, and that wasn't near as much fun as somebody who's like, you know what, I'll, I'll give that a try. Let, let's see what that does and see how that makes a difference in our business. And then when they come back to you, just like the, the owner of the used golf mat company, the, the excitement and the aha moment that he, that he shared with us, that, that's what drives me every single day. Now, what services are you currently offering? What, when people come to you, what, what, what's your offering? Sure. So Master Plan for Success, I really specialize in coaching and implementation. Um, so our flagship product that I'm currently in the process of redeveloping is what's called the Marketing Essentials Blueprint. So it covers the 13 fundamental elements that small businesses need for growth and success. And then uh, as kind of a part of that kind of goes along with the Marketing Essentials Blueprint, uh, we also offer a, offer a marketing mastermind membership. And so clients uh, who enroll in that can receive additional coaching and trainings from myself, my business partner, other business experts. Um, we offer weekly accountability and implementation calls, um, a lot of resources and, and things like that. 
And then, of course, we offer um, you know, some one-on-one -on -one services. So that can be individual strategy sessions um, or like some of the clients that I've recently worked with, it can be the done-for-you automation implementation as well. Okay. And if a listener out there right now is interested in learning more or working with you, even adding automations or, or any of those other great things you just mentioned, how can they best contact you? The easiest way to get a hold of me is to visit our website, masterplan, the number four, success.com. So that's masterplan and then the number four, success.com. And right there in the header of the page, you'll see a button that says schedule your free strategy session. And you can click on that button. It'll pull up my calendar and you can pick a time that works for you and just share some details about what you're looking to implement, what you'd like to talk about. And then we'll uh, schedule that call and, and have it and see how we can make it happen. Perfect. Now, do you have any specials or incentives today for listeners to take some action right now? Absolutely. So my business partner um, who manages uh, the Amplify Creative division of our company and Amplify Creative, um, they specialize in the brand messaging and website design. Um, he's actually created a guide uh, that we kind of jointly worked on together that talks about the sales campaign automation messaging. So earlier, remember, we talked about giving that lead magnet out, and then you needed to have three to five emails after that as follow-up emails asking people to buy. And so uh, my colleague, uh, Christian, has created a guide that walks you through what the content of those emails should be. And so um, anybody that's on this call can uh, request their free copy. Um, just go to amplifycreative.com slash forgotten hyphen secret. So it's amplifycreative.com slash forgotten dash secret and just fill out the form there and we'll send you uh, that guide and you can work through that. Great. And we'll, we'll make sure to get that link into the show notes as well. One last thing before we go, what would you say to the business owner listening right now that says, I really would like to, to automate some things in my business, but I just can't afford the programming to do that right now. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that. When I was in, you know, really in the day-to-day -day throes of, of the IT company uh, early on, I was, you know, kind of at a crossroads. I had heard about Infusionsoft at the time, and I was like, okay, that that could be beneficial to my business. Um, and then I looked at the cost. It's going to be about five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I'm sitting here thinking like, ooh, 2,500 bucks a year, I could use that for a lot of different things. And then there was also the time factor of, oh, I've got to learn how to use this software. You know, I, I went through a short four week course, I think with a guide and, and they showed me how to do some things in the software, but there was also that time investment. I was like, man, 2,500 bucks a year for the yeah. subscription. And then I have to actually do the thing, build the things to make it happen but I did it anyway. Now, admittedly, I let Infusionsoft kind of sit on the shelf for about two to three years and didn't do anything with it. Um, but then when I came back around, I was like, okay, it's either cut it or use it. I decided to use it. And I would encourage people who are kind of on the fence or they're thinking about like, man, I just really can't afford it right now. Flip that question. Because when you ask better questions, you get better answers and you get better results. 
So what is it costing you to not automate something in your business? So we talked earlier that when people come to a website, the e-commerce websites, only one in 51 people buy. What is that costing you daily? If those numbers are true for your business, how much revenue, how much profit are you leaving on the table every day? If 50 people are leaving your website and not buying, multiply that out times 365 days a year. Would you go out onto the street corner and publicly announce that proudly to the world? Probably not. So what is it costing you to not automate? What's that dollar amount? And then on the flip side, what's the stress and the overwhelm of you having to remember to do everything and try to juggle all of these balls in the air and make sure certain things aren't falling through the cracks? What toll is that taking on your health? What toll is that taking on your relationships? Some pretty hard things to consider, but it's important stuff to consider. And so when you think about like, man, I, I'm not sure if I can afford it right now. Are you sure you can afford not to do it? And the old adage really is true. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. And so when you adopt automation, when it's done correctly, it does cause your business to grow and it creates a multiple return on your investment. And you don't have to do everything. So earlier when I said, you know, these are the four automations that every business needs to have, you know, the lead gen, the sales campaign, the nurture campaign, the referral campaign, don't, please don't try to do all of it at once because it'll make you mad and it'll create more overwhelm. But find one thing that you can implement. And again, even if it's the free MailChimp account, and that's how you deliver your lead generator and you follow up with people who download it, that's better than doing nothing. And once you see results from that and you get more revenue, then you're going to be inspired to take the next step and automate something else. Those are some great food for thought points. Now, before we end today, is there anything uh, I've been amiss on asking you? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I love talking about automation. I love helping businesses really um, implement it. I guess probably the only thing that I would say for those who haven't really implemented much automation in their business, once you start doing it, once you kind of like taste like, oh, this is so awesome. There's less things for me to do. There's less things for me to remember. I can sit back and relax knowing that nothing's falling through the cracks. The one drawback to that is, is you kind of get addicted to it. It's like, what else can I automate? What's the next thing that I can take off of my plate and let technology help me do? Um, but, you know, it just kind of grows on you as you implement it. Uh, but again, you have to keep in, you know, I don't want to sacrifice the customer or the prospect experience. But you're now, once you get automation in your business, you're now able to spend more time on high value activities. You can become the visionary for your business. If you've got employees, you can now inspire and encourage them to help you reach that vision. And they're going to be capable of achieving greater things that, again, it's going to help grow your business and increase your profits that's going to benefit everybody. And basically, you know, as small business owners, we, we get stuck 
working in our business and we've created nothing more than our own job. We're just not working for somebody else. We've created our own job. But when you implement automation and you do it successfully, you're now able to work on your business and it's so much more enjoyable. Well, thank you. Thank you. No, that is great. And thank you for your time today. So, Absolutely. Yep. So that's it for today. Remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding connecting, I'll put the links in the show notes and you can contact him through there or get your free report. In addition, if you are looking for more information on growing your business using paid ads, request to join the Make Each Click Count Facebook group. I've been releasing some all new free live trainings and more will be happening very soon. In the meantime, remember to stay safe, keep healthy and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.